You've been to the outer limits. Now join us beyond the rim. Welcome, life forms. I am Peg 5.1, and you are beyond the rim. There is an old children's song about an elderly human female who ingests a flying insect. Perhaps the song suggests nonsensically, she'll die. Silly, of course. On the other hand, what if the shoe, as they say, were on the other foot? Why, then, the excrement might really hit the oscillator. It's safe, I think, to say nobody expected humanity to go out this way. Global warming, natural disasters, all-out thermonuclear heck, zombies even. I think I personally expected wrath of God, but I could have handled zombies. I mean, I'd have been alright with it. But this... This just feels... Stupid. I suppose I found out the world was ending gradually, like the rest of humanity. But, like the rest of humanity, the notion that something was wrong would begin with a huge shock. Hey babe, I'm home. Oh, hi. Oh, honey, you still have that headache? Have you taken anything? No, I grabbed a washcloth for my eyes, but I didn't think to take a pill. Can I get you anything? Reheat your washcloth? I'm sorry, baby. I'll be okay. Honest. Just need a few minutes. Here. How's that? Better. I should be okay in time for our reservation tonight. That was when I noticed she had already started getting dressed for the evening. She was in my favorite little black dress. Maybe that was why I didn't insist on staying home. Why I did my best to get her motivated and moving. I kind of feel like a jerk about it now. You know, they say nothing cures a headache like hot, steamy... <laughs> no. What? I was going to say a hot, steamy shower. <laughs> sure you were, Casanova. I'll be okay. And I'm starving. <laughs> That's my girl. Now about that after-dinner sex. Yeah, we'll see. But if you're good... And you eat everything on your plate. I love it when you talk maternal to me. <laughs> oh, don't do that. It hurts to laugh. And so, we went out. Had a pretty good time, too. For a while. I kept watch to see whether the pain continued. Her eye had developed a slight twitch that had seemed to subside somewhat during dinner. Deirdre, meanwhile, did her best to ignore it. So Robin, you know, the branch manager, she's retiring this month? She told me I should apply. Really? That's great! So are you going to go for it? I don't know. It seems like a lot of responsibility. I don't want to get in over my head. Oh, come on. You're always doing that. Doing what? Selling yourself short. <laughs> over my head. Selling myself short. 
I see what you did there. <laughs> Puns are the lowest form of humor, you know. I thought Andrew Dice Clay was the lowest form of humor. <laughs> oh. What? What? What's wrong? Deirdre grabbed the knife off her plate, and as she began moving it toward her eye, I noticed the twitch was back, and worse than before. I grabbed her hand. Deirdre, stop! I have to get it out! The whole restaurant had gone silent, but all I could see was Deirdre. Or rather, the bulging twitch below her eye. As I struggled to restrain her hands, I watched in horror as a tiny black leg shoved its way out from under her lower eyelid. The twitch became more pronounced as her eye grew bloodshot. Another leg followed, then a head. And then, like a small black malignant teardrop, a housefly emerged whole from beneath Deirdre's eye. Doctor, is she going to be okay? I'm... Well, she's the seventh patient today to present with this... condition. What exactly is her condition? I mean, I've never seen... Here. This is a scan of Deidre's brain. On the left is a normal human brain. And on the right... Good lord. Are those... Larva. From the common housefly, apparently. Well, common-ish. This particular breed is a mutation. As you might expect, maggots look more or less the same under an MRI as they do in real life. Unmistakable. That doesn't make any sense, though. Look, I've gotten in touch with a friend at the university. An entomologist. Apparently this isn't an isolated problem. In fact, he tells me we may be looking at the start of an epidemic. And if we are... What about Deirdre? I'll be honest. Her prognosis isn't good. You can see the level of infestation already, and that's just since this morning. What appears to have happened is the original fly found its way into her softer flesh. Ears. Eyes. However, it laid its eggs, and the larva did what larva do. Doctor. I'm so sorry. We can try to make her comfortable, but the pain is going to get worse until she simply doesn't feel anything. She is a week, maybe less. I'm sorry, again, I really am. This is the third such conversation I've had in an hour, and it doesn't get any easier. It may be best if you say your goodbyes today. So that's what we did. Well, as well as we could. Now that Deirdre was the carrier of what looked to be a highly communicable condition, we had to talk with a plastic sheet between us. There was no goodbye kiss. I talked to her until the medication knocked her out. And that was it. Excuse me, sir. Sir, could you please step over this way? Me? Yes, you. Now, please. Look, it's been one hell of a day, so... I know, sir. I'm very sorry, but... Will you all just stop being sorry, please? The doctor is sorry, the nurses are sorry, and now the damn security guards are sorry. Just tell me the bad news, please. I'm over sorry. 
Well, you were with the patient, and I've been instructed to escort you to a lab for testing. Great. Hell, I'm only leaving behind the one good thing that's ever happened to me. Why not my dignity, too? I'm very... Don't. Just... Just lead the way. I'm not going to go into the testing and the poking and the prodding I underwent before finally being allowed to get dressed and come home. If you're hearing this, pretty safe bet you or someone you know went through the same thing. Suffice to say, I was declared clean and allowed to leave. As expected, I didn't see Deirdre again. She was dead within two days. Three days after that, about a fifth of New York City. And as far as anyone could tell, the rest of the world followed. Shoo, fly! Don't bother me! I'll tell you what, something about today's story really bugs me. Were there really no exterminators in New York who could take care of this problem? Maybe the rats got them. Oh well! By the way, if you'd like to write to me here on this lonely outpost beyond the rim, I'd love to hear from you. Just visit our website, aflameinthedark.net, or email beyondtherimpodcast at gmail.com. Now let's go back to this wonderfully dreary tale in which our narrator has just lost his girlfriend to an insect infestation. Seriously, who writes this stuff? The people in our little commune here... I think you mean enclave. Camp, maybe? Uh, I I mean, it's not really a camp, so... What's wrong with commune? I don't know. It just makes us sound more organized than we are. Solid point. So, the people in our little enclave are... Are you both going to sit there and watch me do this? Yeah, probably. Uh, Unless you get all weepy and boring like the last time. He wasn't boring. It was sweet. Do you mind? Well, I mean, it's kind of personal. We'll be quiet. Promise. (sighs) Fine. The people in our little enclave here, particularly Bert and Nadia... Say hi, Bert and Nadia. Hey! Want to know why I'm doing this? Why I'm keeping a record of what we're all pretty sure is our downfall? And to be honest, I'm not sure. It just seems like somebody ought to. And it's not like I've got a whole lot going on. Now you two keep quiet. I'll get to your official introductions later. Where was I? Your... what was she? Your wife. Deirdre. Died, right? Conventional wisdom, and the news, told me we were in for something big, something bad. There had already been cities overrun, and we were being cautioned against gathering with large groups of people. You know, like living in a city. I, of course, had just lost the love of my life. And wasn't about to lose my apartment. So I went the FEMA route and headed to the hardware store. Afternoon. Hi. Duct tape? Plastic? Thanks. Preparing for a dirty bomb? Worse. Watch the news? Nah. Bunch of liberal BS the news. Propaganda. I don't trust anyone but drudge. Turn on the news and get yourself some bug spray. Oh, bug spray. 
I hadn't taken the time to measure my apartment, so I grabbed more plastic sheeting and duct tape than I'd figured I'd need, along with enough raid and bug bombs to start a small war against the insect population. I took it all home and got myself prepared. After I bug bombed my apartment, I got to work sealing myself in. They talk about doing things without a second to spare, but I swear I heard the drone just as I duct taped the last plastic sheet around my last window. Through the fog of my plastic sheets, I could see a black cloud, like the angry hand of God himself descending on the city. The buzzing became so loud, it was like a rolling, constant clap of thunder. My room became dark as the swarm passed by my window. And I held my breath, willing the bubble I'd created to do its work. Under the buzzing, I could hear the shouts of those who didn't get in fast enough, or who, up until now, just hadn't understood the severity of the situation. I chanced another look out my window and saw people who were just wholly engulfed in black clouds. The lucky ones choked to death. When I couldn't take any more, I shut myself in my room, jammed my headphones on, and turned up my music, praying it could drown out the noise. And it did. For a while. And then... Nothing could drown out the silence that followed. <sighs> Nobody knows what made the flies change, what made them stop feasting on dead flesh and start going after the living. Everyone has their theories, of course. I'm telling you, it was terrorists. Bin Laden. Bin Laden is dead, you tool. Or somebody like him did something. Set up a dirty bomb or created some kind of chemical warfare or something. I'm not sure anthrax can do that to a housefly. It had to be terrorists. What else could it be? As I've told you, I think it was us. People. Drugs, trans fats, chemical preservatives. Think of all the poison and chemicals we willingly put into our bodies. What happens to it all? We flush it away, it ends up in the sewers, food for millions of houseflies. Toxin after toxin after toxin. And we're surprised by a sudden dramatic mutation? I'm only surprised something like this didn't happen sooner. Yeah, but that's not really an answer. It's really just a host of possibilities. Maybe it was all of it. It's a better theory than anthrax. It doesn't have to be anthrax. Okay, okay, we get the picture. Heck, just based on pharmaceutical research alone, I'm surprised it wasn't a zombie apocalypse instead of houseflies. <laughs> well, this century is still young. Knock on wood. What are you doing? What are you doing? You two want to jinx us? It's bad enough already. Is that what happened? Changing your theory now? Somebody just mentioned a housefly apocalypse and it cursed humanity? So what happened next? After the massive swarm moved on? Well, as we all know, eventually it did move on. Like now, there were still small swarms here and there. But the cloud was gone. In some ways, that made it even more dangerous to be outside. Because you simply didn't know where they were until you did. And then it was too late. 
Not that it mattered, though. Turns out I'd been ridiculously short-sighted. Even with my rationing food and trying to exercise doing whatever I could to stay sane, you could only stay in a hermetically sealed room for so long before the oxygen turned stale and you start breathing in your own poisons. Eventually the tape had to come off, and I'd have to go back outside. Wait, what? That's it? Hang on a second here. I put the script around here some- Aha! Uh, tune in next time for the continuation. Continuation! Very good! Tune in next time for the continuation of Shoefly to find out if our narrator ever stops moping and leaves the city. Today's story, Shoefly Part 1, was written and directed by Randy Strew, based on his short story, Man, how narcissistic is that? Available at Amazon in the ebook collection, Zine Killers. The narrator was voiced by Nick Pekoski. Jennifer Ambrose was Deirdre. Tim Ambrose played the Doctor. Liberty Spidell was Nadia and that crusty old hardware store clerk was played by Fred Cracky. Beyond the Rim is produced by Randy Strew for a Flame in the Dark Productions. Beyond the Rim is broadcast under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. <laughs>